Hello, listeners. It's me, your friend Tig. I have returned, and it's great to be back. I have to say, so far, 2023 has been, for me personally, a really blank slate jumping off point in a great, hopeful way than I would even say that I've had previous years because I don't typically look at a new year as a starting over point. After having kids, I started using my son's birthday as a reminder to stay on track in life and adjust this or that or set bigger goals. But I'm looking at this new year as an opportunity to add to that date in June as just an extra push for myself. Not an overwhelming push, but just a, here we go. Let's, we're going to do a new year and we're going to try some new things, do some things a little differently. And it started January 1st. We'll see how it goes. Who knows? I mean, I'm always trying to look for the positive and start anew, but you know what I'm saying. I'm hoping good things are in the works for all of you and for those who are still waiting. It's coming. Hang in there. I think we're all waiting. Even if you have good things, we're all still waiting. There's a lot to look forward to, especially on this show. We have an incredibly exciting lineup of guests eager to give you terrible advice. Also, if you want to check out what I'm up to, you can always go to tignotaro.com. I have the latest tour dates and there's merchandise, all sorts of things. Go check it out and on with the show. Great to see you as always. (laughs) Great to see you. Yes. (laughs) I haven't seen you in a while, but yet I've seen you fairly recently. You were somebody, and we we went out to eat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't a special moment for you. (laughs) You know, you don't, you don't remember that. I do a lot of dinners. No, I do remember that, but I felt like that wasn't recently. So I was like, maybe there was some other like sighting. Like, I guess I was thinking recently compared to, because I used to see you all the time. Right. And then life moves on. We're both busy. People get busy. And then a pandemic hit and then boom, we were out to dinner and then now we're podcasting. Don't ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro, fully accepting that when it comes to advice, I am not one of the greats. With me today is a comedian, actor, and writer who starred as Gina Linetti in the hit Fox comedy Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She's appeared in shows including Bob's Burgers and Big Mouth and written for shows like Parks and Recreation and Saturday Night Live. Her one-hour stand-up special is titled Chelsea Peretti, One of the Greats. Chelsea Peretti, welcome to Don't Ask Tig. Thank you so much, Tig. Great to see you as always. I don't even know if this is right or wrong to bring up, but we found out that our connection was an ex of mine that you didn't even know that we dated 
me and that ex. I definitely think she mentioned it, but I think it came up like late in our friendship. Definitely before you and I and her had dinner. Yeah. I was like, wow, there's just more layers of the onion, you know? I know. Oh, you've always been quite the Lothario. It was, I can't say I was shocked. (laughs) How dare you? Now you are an utterly ridiculous person. I hope so. That's the appeal. That's the fun of you. Is that is that what you're into as far as like even other comedians outside of yourself? Like what is your style that speaks to you? Because, you know, you can do a particular kind of comedy, but then another type might speak to you or some speaks to you and you do some completely different. It's almost easier to say what I don't like in stand up than what I do. I, I don't like when people aren't vulnerable at all at any point mm-hmm. on stage. And I don't mm-hmm. like when there's like a constant harshness and seriousness. And yeah, maybe that's also what I don't like about stand up is I feel like I've got to do crowd control or something. And it makes you be like kind of reductive about the world in a way that can be negative sometimes. But I do definitely love when people go out on silly tangents. And I think Mm -hmm. I love that. And I just directed a movie that I wrote and I starred in it. And I feel like for me, it was like very gratifying experience because I felt like I could have more layers than I've ever felt I can have in stand up. Yeah. I also do like when people's moods affect what they're doing. Like, I I don't like when people just feel like they're reciting something, (laughs) unlike Mm -hmm. most comedy bands. But no, like, I remember when I did like, who is it that does New Faces? Montreal, right? Mm -hmm. When I did that, like so many people were doing these kind of things they would recite quickly that showed memorization. And then when they get an applause break and I was just sitting there like, oh my God, like this (laughs) never occurred to me to like do some sort of like feat of memorization and then recite and chant something and then end in a very like, you know. Dismount. Yeah, like I just, I never thought of it that way. and, And I don't really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But it gets such a great reaction that, you know, I think sometimes it made me question, maybe I just don't even like stand up. I don't know. Yeah, I go in and out of those moments myself. You might be catching me in one, but we'll see. You know, time will tell. Have you been like going out a lot on the road? I just did like a 70 city tour. And so I might just be feeling like I need a little bit of a break. I mean, of course, that's like being hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah, 70 times. But it's always been this weird ambivalence with it where it's like part of me loves it. But I guess like making this movie, I didn't feel any ambivalence. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. that feels good. You know, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe the terror will come later with like people seeing it. And then if they don't like it and it's, you know, whatever, like maybe I'll feel shitty then. When does it come out? Mar Vista made it. And then, you know, we'll figure out where it's going to go. Oh, okay. It's a really long, drawn out process. And we will keep an eye out for it. What is the name of it? Well, the current name, and maybe it is the name, but it's First Time Female Director. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, it is like a very long process. And I guess the appeal of stand-up is just the immediacy of like, I have an idea and I can just go try it. And I do like that. And then what about your, um, I mean, you're active on Instagram with another version of your silliness. I don't even really know what I'm doing on there. I honestly made a reel (laughs) the other day because I was like, well, everyone, every post I keep seeing, and I do have kind of an addiction to scrolling through it, which I lately I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. I gotta just start doing some other, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like too Mm -hmm. addictive. 
I mean, so much of my experience of Instagram is just like, this is ridiculous. Like yeah. everyone's trying to be hot all the time and everyone encourages each other. You look so hot. Whoa. Da, 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 you're hot. <laughs> and it's like even comedians, which always breaks my heart because we all want to be hot so bad. And it's just like, yeah. there's always going to be hotter people than comedians, <laughs> Like, but we all just want to be hot so bad. And then on top of it, you know, it's like the influencery people who are like always trying to be hot. So like everyone's trying to be hot. Yeah. The reel that I made was making fun of the reels I consume, which is just feels like the most inane tips. Yeah. Yeah. I pretend I'm a stylist on there and I did one like teaching people how to style and I do makeup <laughs> tutorials and stuff. Just the energy of selling people on complete schlock. Yeah. Like Andy Warhol said, everyone's going to have their 15 minutes of fame. And I'm like, he's right. Like everyone's famous now. Everyone on Instagram is like, I need to make a statement about everything, you know, yes. and everyone's an influencer teaching you how they achieve their look or their home or their this or their that. So I just make these dumb videos where I do bad makeup or um, styling, but in that really like instructive, like didactic tone of like, I don't know if the word's been used, but I always call it non-tent, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure that exists. It just feels like nothing. Like I'm just literally just chugging nothing just all day yes. long. And it's like, what are we all doing? Just killing time until we die. I could do anything. I could like go to a cabin in the mountains for two days. And instead I'm just watching people tell me how to fold a <laughs> pillowcase or something. You know, like oh my God, you're depressing me. Sorry. We need to go spend time in a cabin together. I would. I would do that. Okay. Maybe that's my gift rather than stand up. It's just the opposite. It's like making people feel depressed by talking to them. <laughs> well, with that. Chelsea, you're ending it's time the podcast early. <laughs> We're ending the podcast all together because of the note that you've left us on. Yeah. No, it's time for the main event. How confident are you about advising my listeners? Well, you know, I will say one of my best friends was like, you just are giving me the worst advice because she would be <laughs> like, I'm really worried about this test. I'm like, you should just cheat, you know, like, but just to be done, like just giving people like terrible <laughs> advice. This is the show for you then. Okay, I'm ready. This first question is from a listener in Baltimore. Okay. Sarah writes, Hi, Tig. I've gotten to an age where all my friends have babies now. Understandably, their children have become their world. But I really don't like baby stuff and or small children. How can I stay friends with them now? That's a tough one. You honestly need new friends, like 100%. Like, those friendships have to be downsized because once people have kids, that's it. Everything changes forever. Truly. I think there's really no workable way to like minimize someone's child. Like it just, it sucks as a parent too. I miss the hedonism of my twenties all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Oh my I miss gosh. just not having to take other people's needs into consideration at all times. Well, sure. That would be nice, but there's so much of that time period I do not miss. And I have to say, I used to be at clubs every night. I'm sure you were too, yeah. waiting to get on stage, going from club to club, just trying to get a few minutes in here and there. Now, when I am not on the road or working out a new set from time to time, I want to be at home. Probably because you just did a 70 city tour. <laughs> 
like you kind of sown your oats of like being on your own probably, you know? Yeah. I honestly loved my thirties the most. Mm -hmm. You're kind of honed in a little bit, but everything seems possible still. Yeah. I just feel like, well, we're wrapping up. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at burial plots. Finishing up here and then we'll (laughs) hand the baton. So I I don't know, but Mm -hmm. really what I miss is the feeling that friendships are the most important thing. Like there's something very fun about that. Like you could go watch two matinees with your friends or whatever, and then get dinner and then go out and then get brunch and you're fine. But like, there's something very contained about friendships once you're older or married or have kids that you meet for a quick lunch and then you're like, okay, bye, bye. Yeah. And so this person who's asking for advice, I do think they should maintain these friendships if they are important to them, but they should seek new friends that aren't going to be wrapped up in their families in the same way. Yeah. And I guess Sarah will just write in another time and ask how to find new friends. But for now, that is our answer. Get out there, find yourself some new friends. You know what? I always go back to this idea. If you live in the same town you've been in forever, go find a new path, go to a different coffee shop, go to a different bar, a different grocery store, bump into new people, start a new life in your same old town. Change your name. Change Change your your name. Put on a mustache. Get out there, Sarah. I always feel like museums are the key to meeting new people. Like go to a museum event. But maybe that's just Mm. like where I think you'll meet someone who's interesting or smart or something. Well, I get a feeling we'll hear from Sarah at some point. Let us know. And we will get in touch with you immediately, Chelsea, and let you know. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. Stick around. We'll get some more answers to more questions soon. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's through line wherever you get your podcasts. (music) 
And we are back. Chelsea, you had a, a music album about coffee. I did. I, you know, it all feels like a fever dream right now because it's what I was spending my year before the pandemic doing. And I'm like, what was I doing? I think my friend Kojak, who used to do the music for my podcast, like he is this great music producer. He was kind of burnt out on the music scene. I was burnt out on like the comedy scene, I guess. And like, we started making this weird comedy music album, but then it was like, wait, these songs are all annoying. They've got to be good. And I just feel like it just turned into this really weird rabbit hole, which creatively was really stimulating and fun. But now I'm just like, what was I doing? I don't know. And we never finished the album because the pandemic happened and we kind of had released a couple EPs and then we never completed the album. Well, it's yet another ridiculous thing <laughs> that you've done. Killing time until you die. <laughs> but that experience might be helpful for our next guest, actually. Rachel in Oakland writes, Oh, that's where I'm from. I know. Okay. I quit drinking coffee, but for months when my housemate is not around, I've been secretly drinking small amounts of her coffee. <laughs> if she's noticed and knows it was me, then I would totally want to buy her a new bag. But I don't want to come clean and tell her I crossed this boundary if she doesn't even know. What should I do? Oh my God, this is the weirdest I thought. This is just so strange. Who, wait, why? Wait, wait, it doesn't end. Okay. I thought about buying more and secretly and slowly refilling it again. Help. The guilt is eating away at you me. Just see, I'm just imagining her like in her PJs carrying one coffee bean covertly while her roommate is like washing the dish and dropping the bean in the bag. She does this every day for a month. I'm truly wondering, is Rachel as ridiculous as you are? Is this a joke? I, like, I can't even imagine. First of all, just to back up, you said you quit drinking coffee. For who? But for months, you've been drinking coffee. So you have not quit drinking coffee. This is like someone who lies to their therapist. It's like, this is for you, babe. Like, you quit because you wanted to quit. If you don't want to quit, then don't quit. Like, exactly. Why are you dragging your roommate into this? And why would your roommate care? And also, I think Chelsea and I are happy to chip in and buy you a bag yeah. of coffee that you can, you can, ooh, that's it. The gift. You know what? Even if we don't send you coffee, which we probably won't. Let's be honest. You could buy yourself a bag of coffee and sneak a little bit of coffee out of there or just go back to drinking coffee. Right, which is effectively what that is. It's just, you could admit that you drink coffee. <laughs> you drink coffee again. And also... Who cares? How upset is your roommate going to be that you are back on the coffee? I mean, imagine how exhausting that is. Like, I don't drink and it sounds like all the machinations of like, when you're like, I'm only drinking this because da, 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 da. And it's like, wait, this sounds exhausting. Like, what if you just don't drink? Yes. I think she has an addiction to coffee. I think she needs to go back on the coffee until she's ready to not be on the coffee because this is a weird unnecessary secret to have that nobody ultimately is going to care about. I feel like right. your roommate isn't even going to care that you're drinking coffee or drinking We actually coffee. got really activated by this whole thing. <laughs> We're the only ones that care. <laughs> but what's at the root of it? What's at the root is someone lying to themselves and dragging someone else into it. And dragging and us, us into yeah, it. You're dragging three people. Rachel, yeah. And I have producers <laughs> yeah. that are listening so in on Already this. Already five people involved in this weird lie. Yeah, lie. It's a lie, Rachel. Did your parents lie to Come you on. growing up? That would be my question. Did they hide things? Did they sneak things? 
I would look at the deeper themes here of why are you lying to yourself and why are you involving other people in this strange mistruth that would just be a lot easier if you just said, oh, I'm drinking a little coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, pull it together, have some coffee, stare out of a window, like hold the cup all tight in your hands, warm up your hands, smell the aroma, and just really think about what the hell is going on. Best of luck to you. Chelsea, this next question comes from an easily spooked spouse. Mm. Chloe writes, Tig, you and Stephanie have the same at-home issue as my husband and me. Mm. Constantly, unintentionally scaring each other around the house by purely existing. (laughs) I wake up very early, and when he comes downstairs for breakfast, he is almost always greeted by a scream. The good news is that after (laughs) the initial fright... We both devolve into laughter. Should we have a strategy to fix this or do we simply count it as one of the funny slash terrifying delights of marriage? I mean, that is so funny. (laughs) He's almost always greeted by a scream. She's using a passive tense to say, I scream every morning at my husband. That's what goes on in my house. Every morning, every day that I shuffle around the corner stuff. And I'm like, good morning. Somebody's like, oh God, oh God. And I always say, I live here. Why don't you tie some bells on your shoes? Uh, (laughs) Problem solved. That would be a whole new issue in my marriage. If I was jingling around the house. Like a little dog collar around your ankle. So that, Mm. you know, kind of shakes a little bit. And then she knows when you're moving about the house, or if you don't want to wear something on your person, you could put little wind chimes around the house. And when you enter a room, (laughs) you hit the wind chime. Or I could just start out upstairs from a distance. She'll hear, I'm headed downstairs. Here I come. I'm coming out of our bedroom. I'm making my way down the stairs. Stephanie, I'm almost in the kitchen. Try that at least one morning just for the sake of it sounds fun. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to film the whole process and see what her face is like once I come around the corner. Max and Finn burst into hysterical (laughs) laughter every time. And they now say, she lives here. Oh, that now that (laughs) that deepens things. Yes. But I think like also, have you ever thought about buying tap shoes? (laughs) (laughs) See, this is again, all you're going to get is nonsense from Chelsea Peretti. Yeah, I'm going to have a jingly dog collar on my neck and tap shoes. (laughs) And then your kids are like, does she live here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, it would even be better is if I had somebody dress up like a monster. Mm. And then she'll think she hears the bells and the tap shoes, and then a monster comes around the corner. Wait, no, this is what you do. So you would okay. do the version where you're yelling where you're going all morning. You're like, I'm going downstairs, okay. and this and that. But you'd still yeah. do hire the yeah. monster, and they stand behind a door. So she's like, I know you're in there, and she's walking in, and then the monster's like. <laughs> and then it's like, see, this is what to be scared of. Yeah. Now get out, now monster. get out, both of you. You kick your wife and the monster out, and you're like, you'll understand this when you're older. And that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, Chloe, (laughs) it's scary, honestly, how good our advice was. Best of luck to you. And Chelsea, our last question is about party etiquette. Oh, okay. Marianne writes, Hi, Tig. When an invitation makes a point of saying no gifts, should I honor that? I've always respected that request, but then I'll arrive somewhere and see a table of gifts. 
then I feel like a real jerk. Am I the jerk or is everyone else who disregarded the host's request the jerk? Okay, first of all, it depends how rich the host is. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. think. Second of all, I feel like if you're feeling a little caught in the crosshairs, why not bring flowers? Mm. It's really thoughtful, but it's yes. a huge expense. I think that's good. There's also, if you know a charity is important to somebody or a charity that's important to you that you can- I donated $10,000 in your name to the Dolphin Fund. And they're like, that's a lot. That's a lot for President's Day tea. I mean, I think you see that in LA a lot because I think people are like excessively wealthy and they're kind of like, we don't need more mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And I do feel like with kids, like a lot of times people get your kids stuff they already have or stuff that you don't want. Like Mm -hmm. people always give kids gifts that's like (laughs) a bag of sand or, you know, like (laughs) something with like 600 pieces and it's made of plastic. So like Legos. Yeah. I mean, I like Legos, but I, in general, I'm not into plastic, but that just makes my son like love plastic toys because I'm like, Trying to limit them. Yeah, yeah. I do think flowers, that's such a nice gift. And I do, obviously, you don't have to give $10,000 straight to dolphins. But even if it's uh, you gave 25 bucks or 10 bucks or you planted a tree in somebody's name, that kind of thing, I think is really, I love that kind of gift. I absolutely love those kinds of gifts. So you love like when your agent is like, in lieu of a gift, we donated money to this. I do. I really do. I love when people give to charity, especially a big agency that has cash. Like, yeah, give money to something. I don't need cookies or wine or whatever it is that I can just go out and get. I mean, maybe they should be getting me nicer gifts, but I get a Ferrari every Christmas. <laughs> what do you what do they give you? Cookies, uh wine, uh nothing. <laughs> um, you don't enjoy getting Well, um, I just always feel a little like Sure, on paper, this is a good thing, but I'm always a little like, what's the charity and how vetted is it? And then I also feel like it's a tax write off. Mm -hmm. So it's like someone's going for Christmas, I'm giving myself a tax write off, you know? Well, I feel, I hear what you're saying, but I do feel like it still is potentially for the greater good. And so even if they get a tax write off, great. I mean, you could make the choice to get cookies or wine. No, I don't want cookies. I'll tell you that. I don't think giving people sweets is a good gift. Why? Because no one wants to eat a bunch of cookies. Like, you know, I do. You do? I do. (laughs) You have brought up cookies like five times. Yeah, I guess I'm in the mood for cookies. What's your favorite cookie? Well, I like these. um, I don't know the company, but it's, you know, in Hollywood, they always deliver these, those really nice. The big some are chocolate chips some are like the decadent chocolate this is shocking so you're like you tig or like someone who would like like a death by chocolate piece of cake or something i mean i don't eat it every day i guess so i guess you would think i would be so into that and i'm not and then you are it's just funny like i wouldn't think you'd be into that kind of thing why? Because I'm all plant-based? Yeah, I don't know. It just feels so like, you know, like ladies night, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> death by chocolate. Oh, dear. do I dare? But see, <laughs> I like having that from time to time with a little shot of 
an espresso. Mm. Yeah. Well, some brownie mixes say to put the espresso in the brownie mix because it heightens the chocolate flavor. Did you know that? I didn't, but what are we talking about? I saw, I literally saw you zone out. It's not like cooking, <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, Marianne, there you have it. We've settled it. Bring some flowers, donate some money, get a tax write off, um, have some chocolate, have a little chocolate, no matter what's going on. Chelsea. Tig, I just want to put out, I like lemony desserts. Oh, okay. That's good to know. And if anyone relates to that, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Do you like lemon bars? Um, lemon bars are a little too buttery. Like, Okay. Sorry to bother you. Chelsea, we have one more thing to do. It's a segment called Best Advice, Worst Advice. Okay. What is the best advice you've ever been given? Oh, I mean, the first thing that came into my head Mm -hmm. was honestly another one of your exes. Oh, okay. We had a conversation once about like identity politics and feeling, you know, like I, I always just felt like people hated female comedians. I think people now like them more. But Mm -hmm. when I was starting out, I just felt like it was like everyone's inclined to not like you and you have to prove that you're worth listening to and blah, blah, blah. And she, I think it was her, said, you just have to be undeniable. And I think about that a lot. What does it mean that I am was so I've been like close to your exes? (laughs) Like, does that mean that we should be closer friends? Because like I obviously get along with the people that you are drawn to. Yeah. You and I have been close in proximity in the same circles. Circling each other. Yeah, circling each other as friends. I would say it's probably 20 years we've been circling each other and had very close people in common. So, yeah, how about uh, we go for um, twice a week hangs? A chocolate cake and an espresso. <laughs> go straight to twice a week hangs. What two nights of the week are good for you? <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst advice you've ever had from an ex of mine, of course? <laughs> what comes to mind now? I mean, these are all stand up things, which is so weird because I really honestly, it's like stand up isn't so top of mind, but maybe because I'm talking to you, it is. I did this showcase yeah. in New York and there was this guy. Well, I don't know if I should say his name, but he was like kind of a gatekeeper. And I had kind of a audition for a festival and he was standing at the door. As I'm walking out, he goes, Maybe this isn't for you. (laughs) The older I get, the more I'm like, how could anyone say that to a young person trying to follow their dreams? Yeah. Then maybe it was right. (laughs) Maybe he's like, you should be making movies. (laughs) Listen, this guy is so wrong. He said this to somebody who has a special called one of the greats. Okay. Right. He's clearly wrong. Literally, the older I get and like having a child and stuff, like I just can't imagine saying that to a young person after they had a bad audition. Like, even an old person. Yeah. You don't say that to anyone. Well, I don't know. If someone was 79 and they were doing a stand up festival audition, <laughs> I guess, no, you'd admire their moxie. Uh, listen, I met two elderly, like in their 80s and 90s stand ups in New York <laughs> that just started in their 80s and what 90s, the- and they were funny. And also, you don't know why people are doing what they're doing. They might just be doing it to make their heart and soul sing. All right. Well, Chelsea, we're at the end of the road. Thanks, Tig. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Do you have anything you'd like to promote or mention? Or Hey, thanks for taking the time to do this. Oh, you're ridiculous. Thanks for taking the time. You're silly. 
Um, all I really have to promote is you can follow me on Instagram, mm. Chelsea Peretti or Chelsea Sanity, I forget. And my movie, just keep an eye out for it. I mean, hopefully it lands somewhere awesome and you get to see it. Great. Even if it lands somewhere terrible, hopefully you can see it. Please watch it. Yeah, please, please hunt it down at that terrible location and watch it. (laughs) All right, Chelsea, I will see you at our chocolate cake tea. Twice a week. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Ouellette and Shayna Deloria. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Alex Simpson and Evan Clark. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Maria Wirtel. Our theme music is Friend in Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavadi, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool. (laughs) 